0: Welcome to the Shooting the Q podcast, presented by Heath Riles Barbecue, with tips, tricks, and an inside book with some of the top pitmasters in the game. Now here's your host, Heath Riles. All right, we're back today on Shooting the Q, and of course, I'm joined joining my lovely wife Candice, and we have a special guest in-house today, Mr. Ryan Lane from Lane's Barbecue. Yes, How are you sir. today?
1: Doing awesome. Thank you guys, both of y'all, for having me, so... It's a pleasure to be out. It's been an awesome, beautiful drive from Georgia out to Mississippi, and uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: Well, man, first off, tell everybody for that don't know who you sure. are or don't know about Lane's Barbecue kind of who you are, how yeah. y'all got started. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I guess would I would say I'm like a retired insurance guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I was no good at insurance, but that's probably why they just kicked me out. So my brother started – an insurance brokerage about 16 years ago. So they did uh, group health benefits. Um, worked with him for about five years. I actually did a lot of different things before I realized, like, you know what? It's time just to kind of settle in and what I like to do. So I did mortgages, uh, real estate, insurance. And right out of school, I actually was a service consultant at an Audi dealership, which is really fun. Um, but so I finally, uh, what we did is we sold a 401k account. And got like a big pull behind Smoker. And uh, just I've always loved cooking, love feeding people, love serving. And so what we wanted to try to do kind of in the thinking different thing is most insurance companies would come in for a renewal meeting. They'd bring you sandwiches and, you know, they set everything up and then they deliver the bad news, right? Because insurance is never anything but bad news, it seems like. And so we started cooking barbecue. So I would stay up all night, do briskets and butts, and we'd bring in all this food. Everyone was just happy. And then I would check out. My brother would come in, deliver the bad news. But everyone was okay with it, you know? And so that was kind of like our thing. In fact, we still kind of do it. He just orders it now. And then we did biscuits last week, and we kind of get into that later. But uh, I just knew that I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing. And so I, uh, I just, I don't know. It's one of those things where you feel it and you're like, I got two small kids. My wife is a teacher at a small little private Christian school, which you're basically working for free. And I was like, I'm walking away from a book of business that I've been building to kind of go do this other thing. But after just kind of peppering her, my wife likes to call it throwing darts. So I just throw out a bunch of ideas, and then when one hits, I just kind of run with it, you know. And so finally she was like, all right, you can do that. And so uh, there was a produce stand that's about 10 minutes from our house, and we used to go to it every Sunday after church, and we'd stock up, and and I noticed it was never barbecue there. And so I stopped by, and she's like, yes, you can go try it out. And so I stopped by on a Wednesday, and I was like, hey, Dave can, can someone come sell barbecue here if they want to? And he's like, yeah, but like a couple things, man, like it it better not suck (laughs) and don't run out. Like I want people to like get here. And I'm like, okay, well I have a smoker. I can do a lot of stuff. And so we put it out. That's kind of, we were talking about like my space and all that. Like I made a Facebook account pretty much just to tell people about this. And so, um, it turns out like, just our network of, you know, they, everyone showed up, all our friends and family. And we did sell out. And it was one of those things I was like, Dave, I'm so sorry. And he's like, bro, when can you come back? <laughs> and I was like, are you okay? And he's like, everyone, like, came inside. They all bought stuff. Everyone was happy. And I'm like, man, Stace, maybe we're on to something. And so we went back for about a, another three months. Um, and then – I'm Someone turned us in because I wasn't doing it the right way. Um, I had a catering license, but I didn't have something to set up basically on the side of the road, So, which turned out to be a huge blessing. That's when we got our, our barbecue shack, and that's kind of where the catering kind of s- actually still goes on today. So, I know that's probably a long answer to a question, but...
0: No, it's generally, uh, for some reason, I, I got a... Got started cooking and catering too, just yeah. feeding friends. And then it was – I had friends that started with a, a, a dirt track and they wanted me to cook barbecue, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just was going to barbecue contests. They was like, why don't you just sell sandwiches up here? And yeah. That turned into me cutting a window in the side of a trailer and selling sandwiches with slaw on them. And, and I just started bankrolling money. So I get what you're saying. Catering is always a good base ground because when you get somebody that tells you you're that's the best barbecue they ever had, I yeah. mean, let's face it, it's one of those – those fuzzy feelings that us barbecue guys get—that everybody it. wants to hear
1: it. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's that's why I do it. Like that's the the serving piece. A lot of times, I'll stay up all night cooking. You serve it, and then you go home and eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, can't stand, I can't stand, I can't stand the smell anymore. Like I'm like, all right, I just want to shower. Like eat a sandwich. And go to bed you know and that is like the most fulfilling thing for me is just like seeing the smiles on wife people feel that way too she does not right? feel about well yeah she doesn't about like barbecue i almost like have a bunch of vegetarians now so i think <laughs> them trying everything yeah. she uh she's like how about zaxby's like you know you want to try something different tonight? I <laughs> i'm like get it. <laughs> we, we, we i was know just curious
0: because everybody's like oh you get to eat so much barbecue i'm like yeah. Like, I just really don't want it, but she, yeah.
1: She'll go to school, and people like, oh, man, did y'all eat that last night? Because we'll post something on Instagram yeah. or whatever, and she's like, oh, no, we had a fettuccine, or like <laughs> pasta with butter, <laughs> yeah. and you know, pretty much that. And they're it's like, Wait, salad. what?
0: Yeah, you didn't want to eat that? Like, what's wrong with you? I know,
1: I know. So,
0: so the catering, I guess, involved into the barbecue business, how did that yeah. transition there? Yeah,
1: so catering, basically, I realized in about a year and a half, doing it. Now, when I say by myself, like, I had friends and family that would help us on the weekend. But for the most part, I was going and buying the stuff, cooking the stuff, uh, prepping it, delivering it, taking the orders, invoicing, collecting money, doing all that stuff. And I was like, there is not going to be enough time in the day or, like, you know, time for me. Like, build a business, see this through. I'm going to burn myself out. And so... Um, I did a bunch of research, and this is probably now, so I started 10 years ago, about eight years ago, I was like, man, I really think that seasonings could be the way to go, and I was seeing things on Instagram, and just that barbecue community, like, our starts are a lot, like, I never did the competition barbecue, and so ours was kind of just backyard cooking, you know, and I was like, man, I think the the seasoning game is going to be pretty big, and I remember, like, doing the math, and... I was like, man, get these spices, the bottles, the labels, all this stuff. And and um, I told my wife, and I was like, all right, Stace, like, I figured it up, It's going to cost about $2,000. But but I've saved it away in the catering side, and so I can pull it. And she's like, Ryan, she's going to kill me for saying it. she's like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> no one is going to buy $8, like, bottles of seasoning. And I'm like, challenge accepted. You know, like, I'm up for the challenge. And I was like, hey. You know, if it loses, it loses. But I was like, we're going to kill them with customer service. And, like, that's going to be our thing. And that's kind of just took off from there. So, like, right timing, a lot of luck, and, like, a ton of hard work. So, wow. great team, too. So, what capacity
0: do you manufacture at now? Because you're your own manufacturer. You've bought your own machines. Yeah. Your own co-packing machines, bottle machines, line machines, that's everything, right. right?
1: Yeah. So, we, so we are – Fully automated on the seasoning side. Well, I'd say fully automated once it's mixed. So we've got a big mixer. We mix everything. And then, you know, we've got the the whole line set up for the seasoning. So the descrambler scrambler that rolls it up, fills it, caps it, seals it, labels it. And then we pull it off, pop it in a case, and throw it in. And then on the sauce side, it's not quite fully automated. So we've got three 60-gallon kettles that we mix everything in. And then we've got a four-pump like filler, but you got to kind of feed them through and take them off, cap them, label them. I would say rub to sauce, though, it's probably 75, 25 seasonings to sauces.
0: Yeah. That, that's generally what it is with the majority, I think, of all rub and sauce businesses. Yeah. The rub definitely is a, a higher 60 plus, plus
1: yeah, uh, 70 plus uh, yield. It's great because it's a lot easier to make. Um Less headaches going through it. Better to ship. (laughs) Way (laughs) better to ship. We can talk about that, too, man. We used to have sauces in glass bottles. I remember uh, when you were in glass. Oh, my goodness. I fought it for so long. And uh, my brother-in-law, his name's Thor. I think everyone needs a superhero that works with them, right? So Thor, like, we're in our ops meeting, and he takes a bottle, and he throws it to me. But, like, no way I could catch it. And I'm like, oh, God. And, like, hits the ground, and it bounces. And I'm like. Bro, what is that? He's like, It's plastic. <laughs> and I was like, We need to make the switch. He's like, Yeah, I know. I've been telling you. <laughs> Just but like you. I needed you to see. He's like, glass prices have doubled and shipping, we're like getting so much breakage. And our stores, like, I was like, All right, let's call some stores and see. And they're like, Finally. Like, <laughs> why didn't you do it a long time ago? And I was like, Oh, I thought you wanted it that you know what I mean. Always it was definitely a great life lesson and like don't assume. Now, do you and feel like
0: glass looks better than plastic? I
1: felt like it did, but then now that I see it in the plastic, I'm like, it looks better because it's not broken. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like, not eating that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Like, I, they, they would much rather a product thing put on their shelves instead of like trying to clean off 10 bottles that have like residue on them from one bottle breaking.
0: Well, and as you know, the more you expand, that one broken or two broken bottles, like you said, are mm-hmm. either trying to clean it or most bigger stores are going to go, we're not even taking that. We're knocking that whole case off the invoice. And that's right. Yep. Either A, throw it all in the trash mm-hmm. and just credit your invoice. Well, that's what
1: we would tell them, like, hey, we're going to send you another case. Like, have your employees each take a bottle home. Like, you know, they can crack it open, eat it. Like, do, you know, they all do like their little Mom customer Pop's days. Mom and great for and- that. Yeah, oh yeah, the bigger stores. Bigger stores,
0: it goes straight in the dumpster, which is so sad. So much food and so much um, inventory like that, especially big stores. I mean, when I was in the beverage industry, I used to see it all the time, and it just never made no sense from a financial standpoint. It seemed like somebody would be going, okay, this fruit or these vegetables are not ruined yet. Why are we not trying to give them to a food bank or this or that? The
1: problem I think we've made, it's such a litigious society, and I think everyone's worried about the liability like, yeah, people are hungry. You know what I mean? Like, at what point, like, could you, you know, do that? But, Make an impact. Yeah. But the bigger they are, you know, the more lawyers, so. You're right.
0: The more lawyers and the more stuff.
1: Yeah, that's. Mm.
0: Well, talking about that, I'm assuming you're an Alabama fan, right? No. <laughs>
1: no. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm the fan of the number one team in the nation, so. Uh, Georgia, Bulldog. the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, so we're, they're in our backyard, so. Bethlehem is about twenty minutes from Athens, but I don't know when this will air. But this weekend's going to be a tough test. We got Kentucky coming to town. Kentucky whooped Florida last week, so Georgia's they haven't they haven't looked great this year, but they haven't really played anyone either. So we'll see. This will be a they played Auburn last week. Yeah, you know a bunch of turnovers, but
0: yeah, I seen uh, what was the score of that game? Auburn was leading for the That's longest, game. right?
1: They were through half. And then Georgia. Georgia is always a second-half team, though. They start slow. Got to get that motivation in they the locker room. They adjust really well. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah. Wow. This weekend, we'll see. Uh, it could be a tough test.
0: Well, do you think they have what it takes to win another championship?
1: Uh, I think so. I think their schedule aligns pretty well, too. You know, next year is going to be a lot tougher. They do got Alabama, I think LSU, and maybe a couple other tough games. But this year, I mean, Kentucky's probably one of the toughest tests. That they'll yeah. face Missouri's pretty good. But the East isn't isn't that strong.
0: Yeah, I know. I've been watching a little bit of Colorado just because I'm interested. Yeah. In, in Deion Sanders, and I, you know, I'm always asking her what what time's
1: that game on. She keeps the SEC app.
0: And, I keep the SEC stuff, and he's like, "What about this?" I'm like, "It's not SEC." I don't yeah.
1: know. It's not I SEC, and I will say though, like <laughs> I, whether you like or dislike Deion, like a guy who will stand up for he don't care. Like yeah. you not know, 100%. He'll stick to his faith, stick to what he believes. And so, like, I mean, yes, it's not my style, but mad props, you know. I mean, mad props. I'm with and you. he'll that's... put in the work to back it up. He will. I think that's the most important piece. So he's not just all talk.
0: He will. It was yeah. – uh, I've seen some of the speeches he's given lately to, like, some of the reporters, and he's like, I am a winner. Yeah. He said, I'm trying to coach these kids to be winners, and it's just not about the football field. Yeah. You know, making real men out of them, making real fathers out of them. And I thought that was a – you don't hear a lot of coaches talking with that kind of inspiration to yeah. kids that are getting I. O. money, and I mean they're just not. I'd love to know what Lane Kiffin says to his players. Yeah, I'm I would Ole Miss too. Fan, so so <laughs> Lane like, just Ole Miss, like, like through
1: and through. I was going to ask. I am pretty yeah. much. I was raised pretty much. that way. Yeah, pretty
0: much. He claims that he likes Alabama sometimes. I, do like some Alabama I don't know football. how you can be yeah. an Ole Miss fan and an Alabama fan personally, but that's just my opinion. I was a Nick Saban fan. I mean, Nick yeah. Saban's a good coach. You were, I don't, so you're not now? I still am. <laughs> he said. But now I'm going to be fully up on honest. I've always said this, and you know that I have. I do feel like Alabama's always been a caliber above some teams yeah, because I, I feel like agree. they played with that money way before and just never <laughs> got caught. <laughs> yeah, you know, mm-hmm. other teams have gotten caught, and now that the NIL has made it so easy for these mm-hmm. kids or so much for the boosters to pay them, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's changing the whole game. And and I tell you, who the sleeper of the bunch is is Texas. Well, uh, you got Texas a lot of old showing there, right? out. Yeah, they are. They're yeah.
1: having you know a good start. So who they beat LSU in the or mm-hmm. is it? Is it LSU or Florida State? One of those? I don't know. I don't I know, know. I know they came out and they won that first game. I one of like, them ranked, what, Texas
0: is ranked number three, and then Texas A&M is in the top. Now, they used to, you used to never see them in the top. Like I, mean, I said, the
1: West is a lot stronger. Than it is. You got a lot of
0: old money out there, and so you're going to start yeah. seeing that pop up eventually. And oh, yeah. We know how Texas is about football, but it's, it's – I mean, mm-hmm. even with Georgia, I mean, Kirby Smart's a great coach, mm-hmm. and and – They've got a lot of stuff figured out, and so now I don't think Saban's going to be the coach anymore.
1: No, um, I mean, well, I mean, plus I think Kirby learned a lot from Saban. Actually, all those guys, every, every defense, one of them are the, great. You coaches. know what I mean? Yeah. They all kind of came up under him, so we'll see. Like, sure. what's the next layer of coaches coming out of those? So
0: it, it's kind of funny we talk about football, and that's kind of the way barbecue is mm-hmm. around here for us. There were so many um, older, like. I guess people that cook barbecue and taught some of the ones like yeah. us to cook. And now we've taught ones to cook and you see them coming up and cooking, but I don't know. Barbecues kind of progressed, kind of like the football thing about coaching and
1: winners and people winning now. Spin-offs. Drama. Yeah. Drama. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, uh... <laughs> so that's where we haven't seen a lot of the drama. Well, like not being on the competition I was about to side, say, you stay away and, yeah. from competition. You won't have to see a yeah. lot of that.
0: Yeah. Well, Talking about uh, you know the competition side, I know yeah. you've had, had an experience in it. Have you ever given any thought that you wanted to do it?
1: Yes. So I had. So we actually. So before lanes, we actually started and we have like we won a couple trophies, but it was more like people's choice. Like we weren't winning trophies; we're judges. You know, it was yeah. like, hey, come on in, like try our stuff. But we did a couple in Cumming, uh, Georgia. Uh, Randall uh, Randall, Randall Bowman. Come. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forget the name of it. Deep but, South. Yeah, thing, Deep South deep Smokers, South. but it was the event that they put yeah. on. Yeah. Q and in Cummins yeah. or uh, the one of the, uh, the fairgrounds one is at the uh, fairgrounds. Yeah, we did that one twice, and so and really we loved it. Like it was so much fun. But the problem is, then I started catering, and catering paid the bills. Yeah. And competitions <laughs> when we're not it. competitive <laughs> at it just cost us money. Yep. And I was like, guys, we just want to sit around and drink. Maybe we can do it on a Wednesday night, <laughs> and then I can cater. On, you know what I mean? Like yeah, we we'll cater money on money, the weekend. Yes. That's right. So well, we just never did a ton of it. but
0: Well, talking about catering, so you you have a biscuit Friday and Saturday. Tell That's us right. a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so uh, biscuits started, so I'll go back kind of like a long time ago. So growing up, so my parents divorced when I was five. My mom worked several jobs growing up. My dad still lived close by, but we lived with my mom. And, um, and like a meal that we ate at night a lot of times was like homemade biscuits and jam. Like, maybe a couple sausage patties or something like that. But, like, that was what I, and I always go back to, like, food is kind of comfort, and it, like, reminds you of growing up, and I think that's part of my favorite part about food is it's fellowship. Like, that's where most things happen, like, around the table. It's just something about biscuits, it was about five years ago, I went out to my mom's house, and I was like, hey, uh," you know, at this point in time, we're still catering really, really heavy, um, but we didn't have that community feel like I wanted more in the community because it was turning more towards seasonings and seasonings was kind of taking off and so she's like all right what are you talking about I was like I want to make biscuits she's like okay well I got a simple one it's your grandfather's recipe and I'm like that's exactly what I want so it's like three ingredients literally it's milk butter and self-rising flour that's it and I was like That is right up my alley. Super easy, and so we made him right there. And she's like, "All right, you want to practice somewhere?" I'm like, "No, no, I think we're just going to start it next Friday." She's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "I don't know. Let's just the only way I feel to learn is to do it, get my hands in it." And so we started about, I guess it's been about four or five years ago, and I was like, "I know we need a brisket biscuit. We love Pimento Cheese." So I was like, we're going to do a brisket and pimento cheese. We'll do um, sausage and bacon. Like, we'll keep it super simple. And we put it out there on our social media channels and, you know, told the school and local church and some of the local businesses. And just like, hey, guys, if you want to stop by, it's going to be Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. And our the way our building is, there's not like a drive-through. or It's a little walk-up area, but it looks like a house. People are like, a lot of times they're like, where does your family live? And I'm like, they don't live here. This isn't a a residential home. You know what I mean? But, and so they would come in and do biscuits and it just kind of like snowballed. Like we would just run out every, and biscuits luckily are easy to kind of just keep remaking. but Like can't just like smoke a brisket. I mean, you run out and you run out. And so it just kind of caught fire and then COVID hit. And I was like, I know we're not gonna be able to cater as much. Luckily the seasoning just we can talk more about that. I mean, just skyrocketed. Everyone's at home cooking and and so I was like, you know what? The first day after I just walked in the crew and I was like, listen guys, we're not shutting down. If you're uncomfortable, like take some time off. But like we're like, I think the community needs us more than ever right now. And so like we're gonna turn it up a notch, you know? And so that's exactly what we did. And so we started we did biscuits still on Fridays because we were manufacturing the rest of the time and uh that's what we do friday mornings and there would be like lines you know it'd be, it's so funny too just how people are like you walk out and it's a beautiful day and like six feet apart <laughs> everyone is six feet apart and i'm like free hugs you know and people are like no no that's no that's we'll me. take your biscuit but and i'm like okay all right and it just kind of kept going and uh a buddy of mine so this is let's fast forward Four years later and you know now we've added Saturdays and that's that's super intentional we're about to add Thursdays and then we're gonna add Wednesdays and because the goal is we're gonna build a barbecue and biscuits place and hopefully maybe one day we'll have one in Olive Branch Mississippi you know Mm -hmm. so it'll be small yeah drive-through walk-up only no indoor dining Uh, breakfast and lunch so like seven to two just very simple menu small footprint easy in and out doesn't take a ton of people to do it. And then the focus is on fantastic food that you can get, you know, really quick and easy. So,
0: well, you know, if you can serve something really simple, mm-hmm. especially something that I guess engages the people like a Absolutely. community feel like you've created, yeah. you kind of create your own demand. And, yeah. and I'm sure you still sell
1: out. Yeah. Because you're probably cooking to capacity. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and we ran off of one oven. Until two weeks ago, and so this whole time, and the beauty is, everyone's like, "We need another oven." I'm like, "It's okay." Like, look outside, and because no one could come in, like everyone stands outside, and and if it's raining, we'll put up tents or something. But like, no one's no one's frowning, like everyone's smiling, and I'm like, "Guys, lines aren't bad. This is an opportunity for everyone to slow down for 15 to 20 minutes on a Friday morning, talk to their neighbor." And then (laughs) there's, like, a present at the end. You know what I mean? Then they get a biscuit, and they kind of go along their way. And it's a way that, you know, we can say hey to everyone. And I think that's really what kind of, like, drives me is is more the community piece. Sometimes I forget we're running a business, you know. I'm like, all right, guys, let's bring it back in a little bit, you know. But that's that's what I want. And that's where I'm like, all right, how can we – I'm probably saying too much, but, like – not no, I mean, it's do, really you know, interesting. Do more I, of that.
0: I've always said that I don't want to open a full-blown restaurant, but the whole doing something like what you're doing one or two days a week and the whole meals-to-go thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just pre-made stuff that somebody can take home with mm-hmm. them, like smoked chicken salad or pimento cheese or, yeah. you know, this or that, a barbecue pizza you've already made up and wrapped up and all they got is still on the yeah. smoker. Just those simple things. I, you know, I'm not going to say I'll end up doing it one day, but it does intrigue me a
1: lot. I used to say, I'll never have a restaurant. Like, why? Catering, you know exactly what you're getting. They pay you ahead of time. You drop the food off like you're done. You know, and a buddy of mine, uh, Stephen Hartsock, he's got a great barbecue restaurant and coming, actually. And um, he texted me. It was probably a couple months ago. And he's like, hey, you know you're kind of already running a restaurant. I was like, no, no, I'm not. He's like, "Wait, so people come every <laughs> Friday from you and buy food from you." And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Just think about it." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, you're exactly right. And the truth is, like I just in my head, I'd always told myself never, never, never. And that's uh, like I didn't want to like put that belief on it anymore. And I'm like, "All right. Let's do it." So we're under contract on a piece of land now. Met with the architect, the engineer, and like It's still, I mean, even if things like construction, the way it works is we're 12 months out, you know, and so, um, but the beauty is we're kind of learning, you know, like we'll add another day at the shop and we'll see what works and what doesn't work and we're getting our processes down. And so it's keep it simple. The idea is to keep it simple. Yeah.
0: That's
1: pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So are y'all,
0: y'all just, what do you do for lunch stuff? I've got to ask that. What was your plans for lunch once you open up? Like
1: when we do, so we used to do Tuesday pickups too. So we would do a Tuesday lunch pickup and then Friday biscuits. And so we'll bring Tuesday lunches back. But so we do everything from, uh, you know, pulled pork, brisket, smoked chicken. We'll do uh, ribs, wings, but like uh, sandwiches. We do tacos, tons of tacos. Like barbecue taco bar is one of our like most requested catering things too. Um, and then, yeah, that's, well, once again, though, we'll keep it like the idea is like simple and easy, as simple and easy as we can do barbecue. You know what I mean?
0: So changing gears and yeah. talking about the rub business. Yeah.
1: Um, which helps pay for all the other stuff, I guess is you're... probably good to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How, um, uh, how's the progression of that band from growing small to growing bigger? Because now you're available in Academy. Yeah. Right. A lot of us. Academy
1: and has been a new thing. We, uh, we got in, uh, this past February and it's been fantastic. So. They are
0: some of the best people to work with in my opinion.
1: Chris is probably the greatest guy, greatest buyer, like I've ever, worked. it's, it's amazing. Like just the fact, just the communication that, what I will say is they have done exactly everything they said they would do yeah. 100%. like to the day. It, it's amazing. And so for that, you're like, man, I wish every relationship. And here's the thing. Every relationship is going to be different. You know what I mean? But a lot of times when it's new, you hear things and you're like, there's no way. And it's like been that way the entire time. And so, yeah, super, super blessed to be I'm there. sure
0: you're like me. As soon as I picked up Academy, I, I called Matt Pittman and I'm like, hey, Matt, tell me about this buyer guy. Is he good to work with? What do we, you yeah. know, whatever. And he's like, man, that is the best buyer ever. I know. And it's crazy. You know, I mean, I couldn't believe it. when I got on the phone with Chris, everything was just like just like Matt said. Yeah. I mean, 110%. He was spot on the money. And, you know, sometimes these companies try to get you for extra money or whatever, right? And and Chris is really great about explaining that and how they combated it and what they've done. And I, you just don't see that from a lot of buyers.
1: He answered every question before I asked him up front. Meaning he like, hey, here are the objections we usually get. I'll go ahead and tell you. You know what I mean? Like, every single thing. And I'm like, why are we even talking? Like, <laughs> just yeah, let's go. send us a purchase order, man. We're in, <laughs> I mean, you know? And I was like, this I is said. amazing. So...
0: So how many other, uh, are y'all in any other big box stores?
1: No. So that's pretty much, so we are in a lot of like, um, like local ACE hardwares or true values. Um, we're not in like ACE corporate or the ACE, I guess, warehouse. Um, and really a lot of the focus for the first five or six years as we were manufacturing everything ourselves is we could only do as much as we could do. And so I kind of limited the growth in the beginning, but we're trying to run at the speed of cash and and roll that way. And so, we have a, a heavy presence in like butcher shops, hardware stores. So in Georgia, like agritourism is huge, and so all the apple farms and peach farms and pecan places. And so like we do a ton in all all of those places, which is a big business for us. Um, and then Australia has been a huge market for us too. And so that's still blows my mind. I feel like they're just big on barbecue in general right now. They are. Like goes in huge waves over there yeah so it's it's been that's a I mean a guy named Brett Stokes reached out to us it was probably about seven seven and a half years ago like Instagram like direct message and I'm like it's like hey um can I sell your products here in Australia and I was like hey brother this can't be a real message you know and I was like sure you know and it just worked out and you know it started with 12 cases of product and now we're actually looking to move our production for Australia over there. So I remember I you saying that visiting.
0: when we were in Key West. So, how yeah. you were over there in Australia a few weeks ago, right? Yeah,
1: yep. So, we went over there, um, hung out with the team over there. Brett's done an amazing job just building that up. And so, the relationship is he is our distributor. So, we sell everything from here to him. And so, I'm like, hey, you know, as you're continuing to just grow and grow and grow, I'm like, why don't you just start doing it? I think it'll be a lot cheaper. And then, I mean, right now you load stuff up in a container and neither one of us has product for 60 days. You know what I mean? It's just floating. And so for cash flow, it's hard. Like, I need the cash. And he's like, but I don't have the stuff to sell it. And so it's like, how can we work it out to where you control more of the process? And then, like, over in Australia, they kind of like different flavors. So how can you kind of design what is homegrown for you guys and we kind of stick to what we do over here? So That's it's, it's been a really good relationship. So y'all
0: are opening up another co-packer in Australia, basically. Well,
1: technically, it'll just, he will open it. So it'll be his team, his crew, and
0: he'll be doing it. that would be cool.
1: Yeah. That'll be really cool. So
0: how uh, how many stores are y'all in in Australia? Uh, 600, maybe, 700. Oh, wow. Y'all have wow. a big presence yeah. in
1: Australia then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, really it's big. it's been a, uh, a great market for us. Uh, Alpha simple Instagram message. I'm telling you, I still like, I'm like, oh my gosh, man. Normally I would not delete anything, I'd respond. But I was like, I never would have thought, you know, because I was like, this is a guy who works. So he was basically working for PepsiCo, and he'd worked for them for a long time. And uh, uh, they would sell to grocery stores. So they had an unbelievable network. And he was actually in the barbecue competition world. And so it was – what's crazy is while our reps have never been, like, on the scene here, like – They are majorly there, right? Yeah, there were a lot there. I went to Meatstock about as pre-COVID as maybe five years ago, and one of the teams that we sponsor won the whole thing. And I'm like, this is like, blowing my mind, you know? That just, like, something that is so common here that we weren't a part of, you know, and it was doing so it's it's just cool.
0: That just goes to show you create a quality product.
1: Yeah, that's what yeah. I told him. I was like, hey, you know,
0: what I'm looking at your rubs here now, and to be honest, I have n- never had until Key West yeah. tried any of your stuff. Okay, and I've lived Ooh. in a bubble. And so I know some of your Well, stuff, you're
1: pretty busy. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, uh, yeah, I don't take to... any offense to that. There's a lot of stuff out there, you know? So there he is. I yeah. mean, I'm
0: sure you're just like me. you try some stuff, some stuff. Yeah. You know, if you get it, but you don't go out searching for it all the mm-hmm. time cuz you're too busy.
1: Yeah. So what is one of your uh, what is your best seller out of all this? So thing? Spellbound is our number one seasoning. It probably sells 3 to 1 over anything else and so basically it's a pork chicken kind of like a sweet all-purpose seasoning signatures number two and then my favorite which you might have had some of is kunami and that's like our uh, like an asian style barbecue seasoning and it's like we designed it as a seafood rub but i love it like on steak and so in fact the guys have to tell me like hey man uh, Ryan, would you mind using something other than Kunami when we're trying to get some content? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, all right, sure. <laughs> Tell me what we need to use. Does it I have just, teriyaki powder in it? It doesn't. It doesn't. But it's got ginger, and we use, a, like, a turbinado sugar, and so it's got that crunch. And it's got, like, a Chinese, like, or five-spice, togarashi blend. It's, it's fantastic. I make
0: some five-spice with some ginger, some garlic, onion, different stuff. Yeah. A little bit of sugar. And... I tried to put, um, what did I just say? My mind went blank. My um, mind went totally blank. You right? mixed all the powder. Teriyaki oh, powder. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I have noticed that teriyaki powder is just like
1: Worcestershire powder. It
0: cakes. Hell to work with. Yeah,
1: I know. That's a problem. It just like, yeah, you introduce any moisture. humidity, which I'm sure you guys are a little bit the same, but Georgia, yep, a lot of it. You know what I mean? So anytime you put any of that in there. You know how I test it's rubs a lot out. once
0: we get the final revision? Yeah. I'll chunk them in the garage three or four months and won't touch them. Yeah. Like, like throw them on top of the fridge in the yeah. garage in a box. And I want to see how it reacts to the heat. Is that the, moisture, the excuse the our top.
1: garage looks the way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what you're you saying? know that I do that. You're and then I pull it back an Are you coming to my house, it, too? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know... You can make a fresh rub, but what is that rub going to do when it sets in the sun and blistering on the shelf? Yeah. I need to know these types of things.
1: Or a container on the water. That's, That's right. True. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I need to know
0: all this. Yeah. And so I'm very meticulous. I've been talking about coming out with glazes for way before I had a barbecue business yeah. online. And before people knew me, I've been making glazes to win barbecue contests. Yep. And we're just now going to launch some glazes. I just finalized labels today. Nice. They're going into production. Nice. I mean, so done sent the email. So it's time to roll we'll, now. We'll be
1: first on the list to get something when you, when you launch them. It's, uh, it's
0: different than anything else. Maple honey habanero. Yum. Um, And I've done a cherry apple uh, habanero and a brown sugar honey habanero. Because a lot of people use brown sugar yeah. and they mix together. So I want to create a glaze. And it's kind of like some of your um, rubs here. I see you have a chocolate, sea salt, caramel. We
1: so we have a dessert line. And that was really my idea is like, A, goes back to my mom. My mom loves to bake. So we tons always have cakes and all that stuff. And I'm like, plus, I want to like have something in the shelf that everyone's using. And so like, if you don't barbecue or you don't grill, you know, our apple pie is one of our top, probably a top five seasoning for us. Uh, Chocolate sea salt caramel is probably one of our number ones on Amazon.
0: So how do you use that?
1: So we can use it sweet or so apple pie people do. um, We've got some shops like restaurants in Texas that use them on their ribs. We use them on like pork chops and then ice cream, toast, anytime, apple pie, blondies, stuff like that. But more on the savory side, bacon, like apple pie bacon. And then the chocolate sea salt caramel is good in coffee and desserts and- got a blueberry muffin and then we had a strawberry shortcake and we kind of rolled that out
0: wow so all those sound really really good just really
1: different good. you know so tell me about your signature brine you have a sweet tea brine we do we have a signature and a sweet tea brine and so uh basically the signature brine we use an apple cider vinegar powder in it so like this is our we called it our covet test If you open it up and you could not smell it You had COVID, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it would like punch you in the face. Sounds like a jalapeno powder. Yeah, I mean it. It hits you. It hits you so hard. And people are like, "Oh God!" And I'm like, "Good news, you don't have COVID." (laughs) Second of all, it dilutes. Like when you mix it with water, it's gonna chill out. But like it just gives it such a great flavor. So, and then the sweet tea is literally got fresh tea in it. And so that one, we say you don't have to heat it up, but if you steep it a little bit it works a lot better. Wow. Yeah.
0: Really neat. Yeah, you do have some interesting seasonings. Uh,
1: So, the sort of white sauce.
0: Yes. Tell me about that.
1: So, that is like our take on an Alabama white sauce. And so, actually, we won chicken wings, people's choice, at that barbecue competition in Cumming using what we call our sort of white. And so, basically, it's an Alabama white, but we use an ancho chili powder and some cayenne in it. And so, like longer it sits like it gets a little heat to it it's fantastic but with brisket it's unbelievable
0: now i don't guess i've seen your pineapple chipotle sauce um
1: that's one of our number one one leg of chicken
0: buffalo sauce
1: yeah that's sort of like a buffalo hot sauce buffalo hot sauce Yep.
0: I've been working on a on buffalo-flavored hot sauce, and then I converted it over to a dry seasoning. I so. think you
1: should just tell everyone about ours. You know what I mean? Like You I'm don't even have it. to work on well, one. Well, I'm going to be so. honest. I think I need to get some of it and <laughs> well, try. Well, well, well I should have brought a bunch of stuff with me. But. Yeah,
0: I think I'm going to have to marry some flavors together here. You have some really interesting uh, – what, what's the pow-pow marinade?
1: So, it's like uh, it's like an Asian-style marinade. So, pineapple juice it has got some – we use a tamari blend, like a gluten-free soy sauce in there. It's Fantastic. Wow. Is it having yeah. sesame seeds? It does not. Perfect. Mm-mm. So the Kunami the does have sesame though. It does. So
0: yeah. Yeah, I can't have sesame seeds. You can't have seeds, period. Seeds in general. Mm. Yeah. am getting old, man. It, it sucks. Is that that old. like diverticulitis? Yeah. yeah. We got a
1: couple guys and they can't have the Kunami either. Yeah. So yeah. that and some have effect with like the black pepper. Like if you use a 16 mesh or like mm. a butcher grind. Yeah, yeah I have to have be real effect. careful
0: about that, too, and that's why I didn't put a uh, a really – I was looking at a 16-mesh pepper, and I got really scared about using it all the time yeah. myself, so I
1: cut it down to a 14-mesh. Got it. And, and Do I mean, you know, – like, and you don't notice a difference? That's cool. No. That's what I love about the 16, though, just you can see it, yeah. you know, I just love that, that. kind of with my eyes first.
0: So I also notice you, uh, you make – Rubs for other people, correct? We do. You co-pack yeah, we do. And we do co-pack stuff. as
1: well. So co-packing is probably about, I would say, maybe 20%, 25% of our overall business. You just don't really push it? We don't. No, it's it's 100% referral-based. We don't, we don't actually, we don't even really talk about it a ton just because our focus is lanes. And so, but what I will say is, like, I kind of knew the struggles when I was going. So when we first started, we made our seasonings from day one. Uh, but sauces, we weren't making, so we didn't have a, a commercial kitchen, and we didn't have all those things that we could we could do that. And so just trying to find a co-packer for the sauces was a nightmare. <laughs> and so <laughs> you laugh, like you've kind of been through the challenges. And so I was like, you know what, if we ever get to a place that we could take it on, like I know that kind of the struggles, like as you're starting a business, you have so many questions, and no one wants to take the time to sit down with you, walk you through it, give you some tips, tell you where you're being an idiot, you know, all those things. Um, I said, we'll do it. And so we started on the seasoning side. And, um, in fact, we were on our way out to Texas for, like, some Ace, like some, like, uh, Big Green Egg Festival or something. And uh, on the way back, we're like, I think it's time. Like, I think we've kind of got – not that we wanted to lose focus on ours, but, like, yeah, I think it would give us better buying power – We could bring more people on to help us out and so that's kinda just where it went and then once we started doing our own sauces, we started adding those into Wow. Yeah. And
0: so one of your biggest uh guys I think would be Tim Van Dorn, right? Yeah, Tim. So I know Tim love working with Tim. He's been an ambassador for y'all for a long time, right? Yep. Now is he one of your main ambassadors, I'm assuming? I
1: would say so. We don't have a ton of them. We've got a ton of people that like just support our stuff and they're, they're posting all the time, but we don't have a lot of people that I would say it would be like lanes like driven. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tim is great. We do a lot with, uh, have you heard of rec tech grills? Mm-hmm. So we do all the rec tech stuff and that's where a lot of times we can, I don't know y'all to, done all the rec tech. Yeah. Seasons. So we designed all their flavors, um, and then helped them launch those about seven years ago.
0: Wow, and they're just so now maybe six years ago, getting into Ace Hardwares.
1: Yeah, I know. So they were at the show. Did you and see him down there? Brought o Ray out. O Ray yeah. come out.
0: And I walked around the corner and seen him. I was like, man, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be on a, living. On a boat somewhere living. Yeah. And uh, he's like, man, it ain't all fun all the time. He said, I'm still playing around. I guarantee you know, playing having around. fun. And, oh, yeah, you could tell he was, he was having He knows fun. how
1: to have a good time. That's what I love. That, actually, that whole company, they're doing their big Rec Tech Fest this weekend. Yeah. And it's an awesome event. So. I've
0: always heard that. We have sponsored Rec Tech Fest since seasons down and different stuff. And they've used them in classes and done different things because a, a lot of the yeah. teams, I think, are people they give grills to. We sponsor some yeah. of those people. Yeah. And so those people want to use those while they Absolutely. cook. And, uh, all that. And uh, Jody and them tried to get us to come down, Greg, I don't know, numerous times. And, yeah. Uh, well,
1: know. if you get a chance, I would highly recommend it. Their place is awesome. And just like they're like a family. And I, I said when we started, I was like, look, this, this kind of goes back to our conversation about Chris with the Academy and said, we're only going to work with people that we enjoy working with. And that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there that we don't work with yet, but like, that's what I want to do. And I want to work with like people that not necessarily think like us, I don't care if you think like us, but that we enjoy doing business together and we can learn from each other. And I don't know how much they're learning from us. We learn a ton from them. But uh, they've just been an awesome, awesome group. They have been for us, too. Well,
0: man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Have you got any more questions for right? I
1: don't. I don't think so. I think we covered everything.
0: Yeah, I know. We didn't even have to really look at the sheet much. We just got to rolling and talking. Um, do you have any major announcements coming up that you'd like? No, to
1: really. I mean, barbecue and biscuits is going to be a big thing. So, it's going to take a little bit longer. I'm um, I'm always thinking like, yeah, we'll roll it out next week, you know. But apparently, it takes a little bit longer to build spaces and do that. But how far are you that. from Roswell? I saw so I, saw. I grew up in Roswell.
0: So we're gonna be there coming up in, in a couple weeks. Couple weeks a for weeks. Royal Oak Invitational.
1: Where is it at? At, at their at headquarters behind the home. No Depot, way. Yeah. yeah. So I went to Roswell High School. So that's where I was born and raised. So how close is? So the i um about. When are you guys gonna be there?
0: I don't know. Uh, coming in on a Thursday. Not this next week. The next like week, the thirteenth.
1: No, the next week, the twentieth. Maybe the twenty-first <laughs> is a Saturday, day. so the nineteenth, nineteenth, 21st. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to try to make it. Yes, Friday. Yeah, yeah. Or we'll without... bring them to you guys. Yeah. Well, how far away are y'all? So oh. we're about well, at seven thirty in the morning. It's probably an hour. Mm. So, but
0: I'm an early riser.
1: Be worth the trip. So yeah. we get there like the guys get there to start at two thirty. I roll in about 5 now, 5.30. <laughs> and then uh, we go from 6 to 9. Wow. Well, but Jacob,
0: Jacob knows I'm an early riser. I'll be up. We might have to come on yeah, over. Well, yeah, I'd love yeah, to Yeah, man, that. that would be so I'd love awesome. to capture some footage over there. Bro, you know what I mean? I you you would got, love to We would that.
1: love to have you. It would be, a, it'd be an honor for you guys to come out. So, I mean, so maybe we'll make, like, uh, your own biscuit. Oh. <laughs> Meaning you can I'm create, sure that of cheese brisket is going to be satisfying you could, you could create your own. So mm-hmm. that would be great.
0: That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that'd
1: be really cool. I didn't realize that it was in Roswell. Yeah,
0: we're going to talk about that in a minute. Well, tell everybody where they can find you at.
1: Yeah, so on social media channels, it's Lane's Barbecue, lanesbarbecue.com. You can find our products on Amazon, your local hardware store. Uh, On the website, too, we've got links where you can kind of find the store locator. And uh, if you're in Australia, a lot of places. A
0: lot of places in Australia. Lots of them. Well, y'all heard it from Ryan himself. He's got a great business, great product. I'm glad that we've made a connection and become friends over the last, uh, you know, few months. Yeah, absolutely. Initially, because I know we've run in the same circle a long time. You know, and-
1: the truth is, like, we stay busy. And a lot of times you got to slow down for a minute. Who knew that going to Key West... Was going to be a chance to, like, meet so many different people. So, That's exactly right. That was, I can't wait to next year for that Key West no, trip. I talked to Burton the other day. I was like, hey, man, we, we on the list. We on, we on the list. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, so thank well, you guys for having me out. Thank you for coming yes. on.
0: And uh, as always, I hope you enjoyed shooting the cue with us. We did. Good deal. Fantastic. Well, we'll see you all next week with another episode of Shooting the Cue and another guest. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.